1: strange familiars. Allison. Yes? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Guess what we have on tonight's show? Woo! We got some woo tonight.
3: Is Bigfoot appearing tonight? Have you finally caught him?
1: <laughs> well, we have a Bigfoot story, or at least something which sure sounds a lot like Bigfoot. Josh, Mr. Cutchin, will be joining us tonight. Josh and I will be talking with Alex, who has this pretty intense encounter in the woods that fits right in to where the footprints end. In fact, I think Josh says, I don't know if it's in this first part of the interview or in the second part, but basically he says this encounter could have been one of the case studies that we put in where the footprints end. And in fact, if we didn't known about it in time, this probably would have gone in there because it's kind of rings all the bells for where the footprints end. So of course, I absolutely love it. A lot of strangeness going on. It's Bigfoot and Bigfoot-like things, but it's also strange lights and shadow people and all kinds of Dreams. other stuff. Dreams. Yeah, it all works into it. Before we get to Alex, I want to mention our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Familiars. If you like what we do, if you'd like the content we bring you and you want more, you can become a patron at Patreon. patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different tiers of support there. You can go check it out. But no matter what tier of support you choose, our patrons get two full extra episodes of Strange Familiars every month. Again, you can check it out at patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. I want to thank our patrons because we could not do Strange Familiars without them. If you can help us out, you get more content. Definitely helps us with the show. All right. Without further ado, let's get to the
4: Woo!
1: and I rhymed it there, so <laughs> I get extra points for that. I'd like to welcome Josh Cutchin back to the show. Josh, how you doing?
2: Ah, uh, the peanut butter to your chocolate. I'm here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here again. It's been it's been a while.
1: And Josh has brought with him Alex, who has – I've just read the email, and it's a pretty amazing Bigfoot account. I can't wait to hear it told and ask questions, though. How are you doing tonight, Alex?
5: Good, good. I'm glad you guys responded to that email because I have definitely sent out a couple. And I feel like, honestly, when I, when I try to retell this whole uh, encounter tale, it, it. I don't know. I, I don't really get a lot of responses that seem – like they believe what I'm saying or I don't know it's maybe I'm just being insecure but it it seems like oftentimes I feel like I need to leave details out because I don't know it just seems a little too ridiculous
1: I've had people tell me that before in fact I've had people tell me that they've told their stories on other podcasts and the other podcasts have have edited some of the stuff out just to make it seem like more of a traditional Bigfoot story
5: right but knowing you guys and I've read both those books they're excellent by the way thank you I know that you guys appreciate the, the strange details, so I decided to leave them in this time. So,
1: Absolutely. So this happened in North Carolina, yes? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, this was um, August 17th of 2020 in Uwari National Forest.
1: Uwari National Forest is, that's in the mountains there? Uh, yeah,
5: it's um, about two hours west of Durham, and I guess I'll just start telling yeah. what
1: Yeah, just go ahead and roll into your story, that's fine.
5: Sure. so i guess like a little context is a, is kind of important yeah i think it's important to say that i was not familiar with any of this phenomena beforehand i had seen a ufo about like 3 years prior to this and it sort of erased itself from my memory almost like i had not I'd, i hadn't thought about it again until this encounter happened honestly which is kind of weird but apart from that like nothing nothing really has interested me in like the paranormal field. Exactly. It was always more of like a novelty for me. Like I I watched ancient aliens and the history channel and all that. And it was not really a a thing that I believed in necessarily. I always kind of found it interesting because it just seemed kind of kooky. And like, these people actually believe this, like, right. Right. I mean, but yeah, so that's a little context. Uh, the only reason I decided to go camping was because I was in a place where I was, um, effectively like trapped in a house with, um, my roommate and his girlfriend during the COVID lockdown uh, and I was unemployed at the time and I just needed something to do for whatever reason. I just decided that I was going to go camping. And the only reason I chose this partic- particular spot was um, I had decided that I wanted to go camping in like a wilderness area. I didn't really want to do like a, a campground necessarily. I wanted to like, I don't know, test myself physically, I guess. Cause again, this was a point in time where I was uh, fairly depressed and not in a great space mentally
1: those Um, are interesting and important notes
5: i'm aware of that now which is very interesting
1: (laughs) had you been camping in general before was this just literally your first time camping
5: yeah i used to go with my dad in like uh the blue ridge mountains and all that so it's not like my first time but i was definitely not experienced necessarily Mm -hmm. um all right so i just need to like kind of calm myself down before i retell this There's always like this residual anxiety whenever I talk about this. Okay, so I decided to go camping in Uwara National Forest. I don't have like a specific location in mind. You know, I'm just winging it, essentially. I bring a tarp, I don't bring a regular tent. I don't know what I'm doing, essentially. I grab all that, put it in my car, start driving. It's around like two o'clock when I pass by a sign for like a camping area. And I decide, like, all right, I'm just going to park here and I'm going to walk into the woods and just, like, set up my shelter wherever and then just stay there for, like, a day or two and just come home and I'll (laughs) – for some reason I thought that would make me feel better or something. I don't know. I just – again, for whatever reason, I had this, like, innate desire to uh, just go out into nature and, I don't know, just stay out there for a couple days. There's no real reason necessarily, which I find odd. So – Anyway, I get there. The first thing that happens when when I step out of my car is that I notice that the woods are completely silent. It was so weird that my, like my ears were ringing. It was so quiet. I did not understand why that was. And wow. initially, and what time yeah.
1: what what time of year was this again?
5: This is August, so like oh like yeah, something.
1: so it should have been well you know noisy yeah. with insects and everything else, yeah. yeah
5: exactly no bugs no birds no wind just complete silence it was the weirdest thing so my initial reaction was like okay what's going on here i try to rationalize it basically by just writing it off as inexperienced you know i haven't been in the woods for a couple of years you know this is fairly novel territory for me at this point in my life so you know i just kind of ignore it <laughs> as I'm walking down the trail that I find it's becoming stranger and stranger cause it's not going away. You know, like I, I kept thinking, you know, at some point I'm going to hear a bird or an animal or an insect or something, but nothing for at least like 20 minutes. I'm just walking down the trail and I, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I'm just trying to recount and, cause there are so many small details. I'm trying to get everything in here. No worries. It's been a while since I've like verbalized this too. So it's just going to take me a minute.
1: Yeah. No worries.
5: So I'm walking down the trail. The first, like, living thing that I see are two deers. And they, they look at me, and they're up on this hill. They let out this, like, weird squawking noise, which I've never heard a deer make before. It's kind of weird. They look at me, and then they just, like, run off. And I think, like, all right, at least I saw something living, you know? Yeah. Like, this. this silence is so it, – it's – I can't – I know you guys have had your own experiences. I don't know the details exactly, but maybe you've experienced this kind of – Tinnitus uh, ringing in the ears sensation before It's been more like
1: Like suddenly I just noticed Like everything's gone quiet
5: I, This was like as soon as I stepped out of the car
1: Yeah just, that seems even weirder Like for, it's one thing if like you're just there And like suddenly things go silent But for it to just step out of the car And it's already quiet that seems even weirder Right, right.
5: so yeah I see these deer And it's, it's kind of in a reaffirming moment Just because I uh, You know the silence was broken by something but yeah. it immediately comes back, and I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to go back to my cart because I'm feeling weirded out because I don't want this trip to be a complete failure. I arrived to this area, and it's about a mile down the trail across a bridge. And it's in between, like, two little streams, and there are, like, some big rocks nearby. Uh, and I think, like, all right, this is as good a place as any. I'm still feeling fairly intense anxiety because I... I'm just so weirded out by this, this sensation that I'm feeling in my head, which is totally novel. I've never had anything like this happen before. I get the sensation that I'm being looked at. And obviously, like, most everybody has had this feeling before. And, you know, there's some ideas by certain people, like Rupert Sheldrake in particular, that think, you know, that's evidence for, like, some kind of extrasensory like, perception sometimes. But anyways, this feeling that I had was so intense that, it, again, it's just, it makes me, or it made me at the time just wonder what is going on right now because it's, like, I've been out in the woods before, like, a lot, when I was a kid especially. You know, this is not something new to me. I've been in the wilderness before, but never have I ever experienced anything like this, this sensation. And it's, like, you know, the feeling of eyes on the back of your head, but, like, times ten. You know, it is so acute and so powerful that it's like I really wanted to turn back and just go home at that point because I was feeling freaked out but because I had promised myself that I'm going to complete this task of <laughs> going camping that I had planned for and you know prepared for for a while like I'm gonna stick with it and I'm just basically you know being a baby I don't want to just back out because I feel uncomfortable you know that was kind of the whole point of me going was to experience discomfort anyway so I kind of just push it into the back of my head that I'm being looked at you know by something I can I know it I feel it and I start to construct my shelter which uh, I had like researched on YouTube how to make like a A a-frame tent basically out of a tarp so I get some sticks and I start constructing it and I cut down like a little sapling and i get this intense feeling of like oh man i did not need to kill that tree like and you know i'm not like a intense environmentalist obviously i do i care very much about the planet and the environment and all that but you know I, I can cut down a tree and not feel bad about it for but for whatever reason when i'm building this tent i feel so sad about like cutting down this little sapling and i feel i don't know it was i just don't understand it you know these these emotions these feelings this eerie Intense silence. I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's such a strange sensation. And again, I'm, I'm just trying to rationalize it. Before any of this happened, I never believed in anything strange. Nothing strange has really happened to me before, except for that
1: UFO that I saw.
5: Again, there are just so many little details that I have to remember because some of them are important. And it's yeah,
1: yeah, no worries.
5: Yeah, this was over like an 18-hour period of time where I'm stuck with these beings or whatever they were for. Wow. um, Yeah. So uh, so I'm just in the introductory phase still right now. So I'm constructing my shelter. I get this intense wave of emotion out of nowhere, you know, just for like cutting down a tree that shouldn't, you know, that shouldn't stimulate that kind of response. But it did for whatever reason. Um, I feel really bad about it, but I still use it to construct my shelter. And I try to like replant it kind of just by like digging a hole and using it as a post for the a-frame shelter essentially and i'm like all right that's now i feel better about it i get in my little tent and just to make sure it's good and you know it's it's fine it's not the best thing ever but i get out i start walking around and then this sensation of being watched becomes even stronger and i'm like okay like this is severely starting to freak me out at this point because it, it's like i i don't know like Again, I've been out in the woods alone many, many times. There's been nothing like this that has ever happened before, especially not this kind of like adrenaline nervous system response that I i guess I would describe it as. I don't know. I just felt like my, my whole body was being flooded with some kind of energy or electricity or something. I, I really don't know how to describe it other than that. Yeah, at this point, this is when the, I guess I'll just say, like messages start And, okay, so obviously you guys know what this is, but at the time I'm thinking, like, (laughs) am I having, like, you know, some kind of psychotic break? Is there something wrong with my brain right now? Is this an aneurysm? Is this what people call schizophrenia? Or, you know, I'm just trying to rationalize what is happening right now. And and what's transpiring in my brain is that I am receiving a communication from something. And, And What it's saying is, and it's not in words, it's more of just like a complete thought that has entered my brain out of nowhere, that is completely independent from my own stream of consciousness. I mean, I think, you know, obviously there's no way of me proving that, but what it says is, in essence, is um, powerful magician, powerful warrior over and over again, like recursively, and it just keeps repeating, and obviously I, I don't know what. Like,
1: what's going on? And I'm wow. starting to freak so, out. No, no, do you mind if I just pause yeah, and, yeah. and ask yeah, you something here. So please. you're not hearing the words, in other yeah. words, in your head. Yeah. And you're not getting the image, necessarily, of this.
5: Images were later. I'll tell you about that. Okay, um,
1: all right. But yeah. No, I'm trying to establish this because when people talk about mind speak, I think some people get literal speak, you know? and. Yeah. I've had, uh, in in, in, nothing to do with Bigfoot, this is in a, uh, what may or may not have been a a quote unquote abduction thing, but I try to explain it to people and it's very difficult to explain that you just get like, you just get these ideas, I guess, that aren't yours.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what happened. They were independent from my own, my own stream of thought, Mm -hmm. which is so bizarre and it's so like difficult to explain. To people who haven't encountered it or like experienced anything in this realm, whether you want to call it mystical or paranormal or whatever, you know, it's it's just so. Oftentimes, when I retell this to people who are more grounded in like, you know, consensus reality, I guess it's uh, they often write it off as like, oh, you're just active imagination, you know, you're just by yourself.
2: It's like, no, dude. If you don't mind my interjecting, and I hope this doesn't distract you or take you off on a tangent, but like literally. I can't emphasize this enough, but, like, literally on the border of the Wari National Forest is the Town Creek Mound, uh, which is one of the more prominent North Carolina mounds that exist. Wait, um, I
5: didn't write this down, sorry. Um, yeah. That, that's crazy. Okay, so well, I want to tell you something real quick. why I emailed you was because I was recommended uh, one of your YouTube videos. Just on like the front page, like I, I guess I had like a bunch of fairy stuff on my search history or something. But I saw your um, video on like the Franklin, North Carolina mound, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I saw a comment where someone mentioned owls or something. It was like, oh crap! I need to, uh, I need to, <laughs> eat right now because like I had just had a very intense owl thing happen to me that night, and it's like this is not a coincidence. I need to, I need to, right,
2: dude. There, um, yeah, there you go. I, I think that it's it's really easy to slip into like, you know, haunted Indian burial ground tropes. But I do think that there is something about, especially the monuments, the mounds, you know. Uh, and Town Creek has over almost like 600 burials there, uh, if memory serves. And what's more is it was clearly a site of shamanic practice, like a lot of the mounds were. But Town Creek, this is especially evident because there's a painting inside. Dude. That that depicts a Therianthrope, half stag, half human, and half uh, dog, half human. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Man. Wait, can I, you um, do you mind spelling that for me? Yeah, Town Creek. Just Town, T-O-W-N, and then Creek, two separate oh. words. And it's literally like, depending on where you are in the forest, you could be no less than you know, Dude. three miles from it. You know, or if you're at the if you're at the far northern end, you're like thirty miles from it, but still, That's it's amazing. very close. Oh, my God. Okay, that's cool. I did not know that. This, see, this, this is why I wanted to talk to you
5: guys, because like, I need information. So that's awesome. Thank you for telling me that. So I'm having these, like, very intense, very strange, independent thoughts that are entering my brain that are saying, in essence, like, we know who you are. And, again, this is, obvi- this is not, like, literal. This is more just, like, my interpretation of the emotions or whatever you want to call this, this information that's transmitted. But, yeah, it's basically saying we know who you are. And then also like powerful warrior, powerful magician, which I, I hate saying that, but that's literally what it was. Cause it, I don't know it, it's a little self aggrandizing, but that's literally just what it was.
1: You thought that was referring to you when they were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know the context. I didn't know if it, if it was saying, you know, whatever it was, whatever's oh, giving you this you. message, it was referring gotcha. to itself or, or to you. So yeah. Okay, cool.
5: This was like very personal. There's no really other way for me to describe it, but yeah, just very, uh, intimate and very personal information that this thing was trying to, uh, transmit, I guess. So this is obviously freaking me out intensely. Um, I, get, I, basically just start going for a walk and I sit down on this rock in a stream and I'm getting like this weird tinnitus ringing in the ear sensation, this weird, like electrical bodily, uh, I don't even know what to describe it as like these shocks going up and down my spine later on like i started doing research into like kundalini stuff and you know i i'm not saying i believe any of that but it's just interesting to see like the parallels between a lot of um magical and mystical systems and, and like this spinal energetic sensation that i'm feeling but anyway i'm sitting on this rock these messages just keep coming and it's like again it's uh, it, it's more of like a a, a download i guess like I kind of condensed it down to a couple key points of like the magician and like the, we you know who you are thing, but it was over a period of like a couple, maybe like 20 minutes or so. So it took a while for me to like fully absorb whatever this was, whatever was happening. Once it stops, I'm like, okay, that was extremely weird. I guess um, I need to go to a therapist or like a psychiatrist when I get home. Cause that was like incredibly concerning from a like rational standpoint, you know, or like from a, uh, I don't, I don't like this word either, but like uninitiated standpoint, I guess. Before I knew what this was, I was trying to pathologize it, I guess, if that makes sense. So anyway, it abates for a little bit. I get back in my tent and I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna stay in here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to sleep as soon as possible, and then I'm just gonna wake up and go home immediately, and then get myself checked out because that was incredibly strange. And it, this is only, this is like two o'clock in the afternoon when this is happening. So again, <laughs> th- this entire day and night. There's weird stuff happening, which increases in intensity, which I will get to in a second. This is when it gets a little scary. So <laughs> I did my tent. Again, it's middle of the day, like 2.30 in the afternoon. The weird sensations start again. And I'm like, okay, do I just need to leave? Or am I like, you know, I'm, I'm starting to panic a little bit because I'm just, I don't feel totally in control of the situation. You know, like I'm having this sensation where I feel like I'm being watched. I'm having these strange bodily sensations. I'm having these bizarre, intuitive, you know, thoughts that are not my own. And I'm beginning to feel extreme fear and anxiety. Like the fear that I am feeling in this in this uh, situation is like, it's unreal. Like I've never, and and that's why it's kind of hard for me to talk about is because every time i think about this i kind of go back and I, i relive that sensation of just feeling completely helpless completely like stalked by some kind of predator and another reason why i don't really talk about this a lot is because whenever i bring it up to people and they dismiss it i'm like okay you know i just i'm telling you something that is extremely traumatic extremely frightening and you're just dismissing it and laughing at me so I mean that's a big reason why I don't talk about this with anybody so except for you guys and uh, other people who who know so
1: No, I get it, that totally. Yeah.
5: Yeah, so the fear that I'm feeling is like I don't know how else to to describe it but it is like ingrained so far deep in my DNA that I feel like whatever this phenomenon is is extremely ancient and is like part of being a human or I don't know like I don't know something about like there was something about like DNA Involved, and this is like I don't know my my intuition at the time. Obviously, I don't know exactly what that means, but like it just felt like, yeah, this panic and this fear that I'm uh, experiencing is has been experienced before by like cavemen or something. That that's the only way I can describe it. Like it is so um, archaic and ancient that that's I don't know. That's just what I felt at the time, and I'm just like lying on my belly in this like shodily constructed tin structure and I'm, I'm just feeling completely helpless, completely vulnerable, getting ready to basically just leave, you know? And that is when I hear this noise and what it is, is a, okay. So obviously you guys know what the deal is, but it was a giant monkey. And, you know, obviously like when I, God, like even saying that now, it's just like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's, that is what happened, man. It's like, it was a giant monkey sound and it was so loud and so big that it was again, like whatever it was, was huge. You know, like there's no possible way a human being could have made this noise.
1: So this is a and, vocalization.
5: Yes. At the time I'm thinking like a uh, giant monkey noise, <laughs> you know, like what possibly makes it sound like that out in the woods of North Carolina. And, my mind never thinks of Bigfoot. You know, that is just not something that I had ever, ever considered to be a possibility. Obviously, you know, when I get home, I start doing research of, like, indigenous animals of Uwari, and it's like, okay, what, what could have made that noise? And finally, after, like, a couple hours of me researching, like, boar noises or, like, cougar noises, it kind of just dawns on me, like, wait, wait, don't people believe in Bigfoot? You know, and it's... I start... um Googling like Bigfoot noises and I come across the Sierra sounds, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. Oh yeah. And the whoop that I heard was exactly the same, like 100% the same noise, the exact same noise down to like the syllable, like the whoop, you know, like the
4: mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm. Double syllabic whoop or whatever you want to call it. And that was a very disturbing moment in my life was that kind of dawning uh, realization that I had encountered a Sasquatch I guess. So anyway, going back to the woods, I hear this noise literally half a second after that whoop, it starts to pour down rain. And I don't know if that's related or not, Like, but for some reason, like intuitively, I feel like it does for whatever. I, I don't know why, but it was just too much of a, I don't know. It was just so strange how kind of the rhythm that it took, you know, it's the, the whoop and then immediately starts to pour rain.
1: Yeah, no, that's a thing. Josh, you want to talk about rain and paranormal encounters? do I mean, no, rain and storms
2: more generally have always been sort of seen as a, a transition point into the other world. Like, you know, the, the classic example that I always use is Dorothy's tornado with the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, you know, the Fae Folk that was one of the ways that they traveled was on storms. And uh, the Wild Hunt would often yeah. travel on storms as well. So this makes a lot of sense. And then I'm sure that there there's some people, you know, screaming at the, <laughs> screaming at their earbuds or screaming at their phones saying, you know, Missing 411. Because that's, know. that's, that's yeah. another thing too. But um, That was the yeah. first thing that I got re- recommended to
5: watch was that Missing 411, the haunted documentary when I got back. Because I posted what happened on Reddit. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you could have been abducted. And it's like, all right, next stop.
2: Like, don't freak out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's more important as or more interesting, at least, as like that sort of transitory uh, inflection point. When yeah. you're sort of breaking through that barrier, or some, I some, somebody's like, you know, sitting there saying, well, you know, the, when the, the portal manifests, there's, I, you know, <laughs> electrons in the air that agitate a storm and stuff. Nobody you knows exactly what's going on. But, but for me, it's, for me, it's going back to that medieval literature and saying, yeah. oh, no, the transport of storm to the other world is, is right. sort of what you're doing with. Yeah. Not to thought,
1: throw you off course, sorry. but, you might yeah. find this interesting. Very recently, there's an area that I go to called Hex Hollow where I've had multiple weird experiences. And very recently, I was there for a, it's the first time I did a solo hike there in over a year, I think. It's been a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm hiking down this trail. I'll just kind of make it brief. And I hear wood knocks coming mm-hmm. from the direction where I just was. These were not woodpeckers. I had my recorder on, and I heard wood knocks. The reason I was taking this trail is I had found rocks like shoved in trees. On this trail before, and I was like, I had been there in a while, and I was like, hey, I'll, I'll go see if those rocks are still there. They weren't. I replaced them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was a good idea or not. <laughs> immediately after replacing them, I hear these wood knocks. I turned on my recorder before that and said, like, hey, I, you know, just tell. I was just kind of doing a little segment for my listeners, mm-hmm. and uh, I hear the wood knocks. I caught them on on the recorder. You can hear them. And immediately afterwards, immediately after hearing these wood knocks, the wind picks up, and it yeah. was. A- dead it was just a warm dead day you know there was just no wind at all immediately after hearing these wood knocks wind picks up i heard him a couple more times go down the trail and there's a dead cat right in the middle of the trail completely like the whole thing was just like this eerie weird experience but it was just like you're saying it was like right on the heels of these wood knocks comes this wind so at least it
2: wasn't a raccoon
1: the tim or (laughs) kryptonite it it was in the same area though josh it was (laughs) oh nice probably about a quarter a mile away from the raccoon attack area (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Alex.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. I appreciate the injections. Uh, it keeps me, you know, focused, I guess. Um, or allows me to think about what I'm going to say next. Um, sure, sure. I actually forgot something. See, this is why this, this is why it's so difficult for me to talk about this, because there's so many things that happen.
1: Like- I've described it myself like a spider web. It, yes, this, really. it's, it's not linear. It's a spider web, and it's so hard I've, because you remember something go, oh, wait, before that happened, this happened. And, y- yeah, it, it's so i get that's it also, completely I,
5: that's also why again i I don't like talking about this with people who don't know what the, the deal is is because like when i start doing it, it's like oh and this in like this big monkey and it's like oh dude if i heard myself speak without prior knowledge of any of this like oh this guy's crazy you no, know what it's, I mean?
1: it's very hard to tell the stuff in a linear fashion it's very difficult exactly so that's why i appreciate it so much for you
5: guys um listening So what I forgot was before I heard the monkey noise, before it started to rain, I had this extremely intense sensation of this like magnetic pull from the top of my head to something very high up in the sky. And I don't know how I knew that, you know? Like I don't know how I could tell that I was energetically or magnetically connected to something up in the sky. It's just like that's what it felt like, you know? I could just sense it for whatever reason. Again, like all of these like bodily sensations like this extra sensory stuff has never really happened to me before so it's all very novel it's completely new and very overwhelming but Mm -hmm. i feel like for whatever reason that's kind of an important detail because it happened like right before all of the extremely weird stuff started to happen so anyway i feel this weird magnetic pull up in the sky that stops i immediately hear the the woo woo and then it immediately starts to rain and then i start to feel i thought i was afraid before but like this is again like this fear is so intense like I can't even describe it you know I felt like I was about to be killed I was about to be walked up to and just like grabbed and my neck broken and then eaten by something yeah and I've never felt like a you know I'm a human being I've never felt like I don't want to say I've felt like a predator before but um, that's normally what human beings are they're at the top of the food chain right uh, Right. You know, and so I've never felt other than that is what I mean yeah, so this intense feeling of just complete helplessness. Like I'm about to, this is my end, you know, I should not have come here, I'm about to die, basically. And that is when it's, whatever this is, it starts to walk like around me, you know, like the noise that I heard was probably about, if I had to guess, maybe a quarter of a mile away. I mean, obviously that's just an estimate, I didn't go out there and measure exactly, but it's like a rough estimate. And I start to hear footsteps from that, from that area walking towards me. And it's bipedal on two feet. Again, like I've heard what deer and boar and all those other critters sound like, and it can sound bipedal, but whatever this was, was distinctly on two feet. Like I, I know that, you know, I didn't see it, but I heard it. I'm looking out of my tent at this area and there's nothing. Whatever is making this noise is not visible.
1: You know so your like, tent is just an a frame it's open on the ends
5: yeah exactly okay. so it's like mm-hmm. a um, prism shape basically mm-hmm. uh, yeah just open on two ends gotcha. yeah exactly.
1: yeah there's no fly or anything it's your, mm-hmm. yep okay
5: yeah. so i have clear vision on both of my uh, my head and my feet area for like pretty yeah it's a it's a good viewport basically so whatever's making these footsteps is like either you know not there completely or just not visible or I, I, I can't explain it. And it starts to walk around me, you know, in like a circle.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.
5: Throughout this entire period, before I get home after this incident, before I started to do do research on this, I'm still trying to pathologize this, you know, like, obviously I can't leave now because it's the heaviest rain I've experienced in a long time. We just had a thunderstorm like a couple hours ago here, actually. But this is like incredibly intense, very heavy rain. Luckily, I'm in a position where I, you know, nothing's going to like flood my tent or anything like that. But, you know, I can't just walk out of here in this weather basically so i'm stuck in this tent with this thing this giant thing walking around me and i i'm just trying to figure out what is going on so again i keep trying to rationalize it thinking like all right as soon as i get home i'm gonna go see a psychiatrist like this is not good (laughs) i'm hearing things that aren't there i'm like you know something's up for sure in my brain or something but eventually it kind of dies down a little bit like the footsteps stop I'm just sitting in my tent in a state of like like my nervous system is so amped up like the adrenaline in my heart is racing and it 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 stays like that the entire time basically so after I get home it's like my heart hurt almost because it was just pumping so fast for an extended period of time like I don't think it's ever had to do that before which is interesting yeah the footsteps stop after a little bit of time I'm just peering out of my tent just still trying to like find out what that possibly could have been and i see this like little flash of light behind a tree and it looks like a like little metallic what i would imagine like a a, like a little coin on a string being reflected by the by the sun might look like it feels held up you know in that area but again like you know it's it's pouring rain no lightning bugs are out you know no bugs period as far as i could tell no birds no bugs nothing that could have made that light and it just kind of flashes on. Flashes off and then flashes on, flashes off on the other side of the tree, which is a very weird detail for whatever reason I I often think back to. And then I never see it again. But again, like as this is happening, when I see that, like what is like I can't I'm just so confused. You know, I know I keep repeating this, but there's just nothing. I have no context for any of this. It's just so bizarre. So that happens a little bit more time passes it's about like maybe five o'clock in the afternoon. So it's starting to get a little darker. Not really, but um, I have this thought of like, oh man, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't hear that giant monkey again. And as soon as I have that thought, it makes it again. It makes that same whooping sound, but this time it's a little different. It's got like three syllables in it. It's like, ooh, I can't even do it, but it's, it's a little bit of a variation on that whooping sound, but it makes it, whatever this thing was on the top of a hill like in a completely different area you know so again it's that same kind of synchronistic schedule of events the timeline is so odd you know i have this thought and immediately it makes that noise you know that doesn't seem like it's a coincidence to me it's the same thing with the rain you know
1: right yeah no, th- yeah. th- these are all important factors to note. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Right. So I have that thought.
5: It makes that noise like, again. Like the fear response kicks in. Not that it ever stopped, but it starts to ramp up a little bit more. And whatever this thing is, it starts to walk down the hill towards me again. And it's like, oh no! Again, like I can't even describe this adrenaline. The fear It was unreal. It's so hard to, to describe, like the fear, because it was so intense. And I, I know I keep. Expounding on that, but um, I think it's important just because it was this was 10 times the level of fear I've ever experienced in, you know, like a car accident or anything sort of traumatic in the the human world. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've, and it's it's a fact, I think the first time Josh and I ever talked, I told a story that happened in the same place where that other story happened a couple years earlier, and uh, a sequence of events happened, but at some point, I was so afraid that my knees locked up. I was just hiking. I wasn't I was yeah. camping. Ooh,
5: that okay, sorry. Um that just reminded me of something. I was like I couldn't move. Yeah. I was so afraid I could not move. The yeah. I was like paralyzed. That's almost.
1: I wanted to run with every fiber of my being and I couldn't. It was
5: like it was like a dream where you're running but you can't.
1: I couldn't move. I had a walking stick with me. I was leaning all my weight on it because I, yeah. I was completely locked up. So I don't know if it's exactly what you felt, but, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel imagine. like something similar, you know. That's so strange. That's so weird. Mine didn't end with a sighting or anything. Honestly, I got the feeling that mine ended because whatever it was decided I I wasn't ready at the time.
5: Oh, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, that just reminds me of, like, yeah, There's, there's just so, there's just still so much more that happened that I want to get to yeah Um, yeah yeah please yeah this thing is walking down the hill I'm beginning to freak out again I can't move I'm paralyzed whatever (sighs) there was like this weird kind of I don't know how else to describe it like there's this weird moment in time where it was you know five o'clock I'm estimating I didn't have my phone on me or my watch right I had my phone on me but it was in my backpack and turned off but I didn't have any way of like telling time except for like looking at the light essentially. So basically there was at one point it was broad daylight, you know, five o'clock, uh, or, you know, like starting to get to evening time. And then the next moment it was like almost pitch black. And I've read about, you know, time dilation with alien abduction, things like that. And I, I don't know what happened. You know, it's just, maybe it was just sort of like the adrenaline that kind of causes some sort of strange time dilation. But, you know, before I knew it is what I'm trying to get at it. It was completely dark. And when I say completely dark, the canopy there is fairly thick. So there was no light at all. I could not see the hand in front of my face. It was that dark.
1: Usually, and again, we talked about this and where the footprint's and when you're having these intense, like a, a car accident, say. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Things I'm, I'm, slow down. They don't speed up, you know. No,
5: it was... Yeah. It was. Strange. It was very weird. Yeah. You know, I feel like there was something
1: that happened that I don't remember.
5: Mm. Maybe I don't know. That's a concerning thought, but I don't really think about it that way anymore.
1: So, if in the state of mind you were in, mm-hmm. if it hadn't been raining so hard and, and if you hadn't been so uh, you know almost paralyzed or literally paralyzed by the fear, would you have just left at that point?
5: Um, uh,
1: yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but now it's suddenly it's dark, and now you're like, "Well, I'm here now, yeah. right?" Okay, yeah.
5: So this is what, you know, there there are just so many details that make me think, like whatever whatever happened or whatever these things are, they know who I am, and this is a very personal, very like, I don't know what to call it, other than like, I I don't like saying mystical or any of that, but I just think that might be what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there are too many factors that kept me. In this spot, you know, right. the, the rain, the paralysis, the intense fear. I had to stay there, you know. Wow. This this was something that had to happen. That is something that I I think now, you know. Obviously, in the moment, I'm like, I want to leave. I want to leave. Like, please, right,
1: right, yeah, yeah.
5: But I'm sorry, uh, I came here. This is. Oh yeah. In my head, I was like, okay, I reached a point where like I'm accept. I'm kind of accepting that I'm about to die. And, you know, these are my last moments and like whatever this thing is, it can read my mind basically, you know, like obviously, obviously before I did any research, that would be something that I would never even consider actually thinking. But, you know, this is like, you know, when people are about to die, they start to become religious almost that kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I start to think like, all right, this thing has displayed that it can inject thoughts in my head. It can possibly read my mind because it knew that I was thinking about the noise before it made it, like, half a second later. So I start to think, like, these thoughts of, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me, I'm so sorry, I should not have come here, I realized that. I won't take anything, I won't do anything bad. This is why I bring up, like, the cutting down the tree part, too, you know, because, again, like, the, those weird emotions that I started to feel when I did that were just, um, again, very acute, and I feel like are possibly related to this. Yeah, I just start to, like, project this thought towards whatever this thing is of like, yeah, just please don't hurt me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's dark at this point, like pitch black. I am basically in like a sensory deprivation and I start to have the thoughts again, these independent, clearly not my own thoughts. And this is a strange detail. I get this. I don't know how this came through exactly or how I knew this or how I intuited it, Intuited it, if that's a word, but they sounded in my head, almost Native American. And, you know, I, I, again, I don't know how I know that. That's just kind of the feeling I had. You know, this felt very old, just very indigenous. And the, the message that it was transmitting this time is, we need you to spend the night here. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. They, okay, so there, there's more to it, too. That's an, an extreme condensing of the message. The, the like The more the broader, uh, more detailed version is like, if you want to pass this test, you need to spend the night and not freak out. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And that was so clear again. It's so clear and so acute that I'm like, okay, all right. I guess I have to do this. Whatever is happening right now. I guess I just have to like accept it. You know, I've been out here for six, seven hours at this point. I have been adrenalized and like so overstimulated, but also like extremely lucid, My senses were so heightened because I'm, like, in survival mode, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a potential giant predator out there, uh, possibly more than one, because I heard footsteps in multiple locations at the same time. That's later on, too. But, yeah, so potentially, like, multiple multiple giant monkeys, they know my location. They they know what I'm doing. Uh, They know me somehow. Like, again, it's a very personal feeling. And now they're asking me to spend the night out here to pass a test. Like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why?
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So I'm like, okay, then. That's fine. I'm still in an extreme state of panic and fear, basically. I don't want to say panic at this point. I definitely panicked in the beginning. But at this point, I'm like, all right, I have my, my like, little fixed blade knife out. I'm like, I'm just going to make it very painful for whatever tries to reach in and grab me. And that is that is how I'm going to go out. That's just, you know, I, I know this is how I'm going to die. Do you have any lights with you? Nope, nothing. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yep. Even if I did, I feel like I wouldn't turn it on. Yeah, I I get that too, yeah. So, yeah, I didn't have a flashlight. I had, like, a lighter and my phone, but my phone was in my backpack, and my backpack was, like, at my feet, and I was not going to move a muscle. Also, like, I couldn't too, which is, like, so, yeah, so no
2: light. Infrasound, obviously. Yeah, I've heard of that.
5: (laughs) Apparently, like, tigers can do that or something. Uh, yeah,
2: and it's still a decent hypothesis, but there's just so it, many layers to what you're describing that...
5: Yeah, part of me thinks... Yeah,
2: yeah I'll, I'll get to
5: what I think about what happened later. So, I get this message of, like, you need to pass this trial. I don't even know why. You know, I still don't know why. Like, obviously, my insight into what this possibly could have been has expanded a lot since I've been doing research for the past two years about all the stuff. Again, at the time, I'm like, I'm just confused... You know, confused and in a an extreme state of fear. But I just want to make it clear, like, extremely lucid. My senses were so heightened because of the fear. Again, I, and I know I've said this already, but extreme fight or flight. I can hear noises that I probably couldn't have if I wasn't in the state. Uh, you you know what I'm saying. I'm basically just trapped in the dark. It stopped raining at this point. I get that message, and I start to have these like hallucinations or like visuals and it looks like my eyes are being filled with like this yellow glowing liquid it's like feeling the veins in my eyes it's like pale yellow there's like luminescence to it or something like I don't know I don't really know how else to describe it other than like yeah glowing yellow liquid feeling the veins in my eyeballs and it's kind of looks like a
2: spider webby um, mesh well the fact that it that it seems almost as if it was generated from inside your eyeballs sounds like it's some sort of entoptic phenomenon which is um you know a lot of the things that you see like if you press your eyeballs really hard or if you get your you know if you're at the optometrist a lot of those a lot of those shapes are all over you know shamanic artwork and are also also a lot of them you know conform to ufo shapes as well If you sort of like a list of the most common entoptic phenomena so that's another interesting little detail that's fascinating
5: yeah so that's funny you bring that up, because I started to do research on like, yeah, phosphenes or um, visual cortex phenomena, because again, I'm, I'm still, I'm not at a point where I'm trying to rationalize this anymore, because I think it's beyond that, honestly. But, you know, I started to make a checklist of like, okay, what could that orb have been? You know, was that, again, was it a phosphine Was it an eye floater? There's like Alice in Wonderland syndrome, or uh, there's a bunch of like ocular visual phenomena that people are like, oh, that's what UFOs or orbs are. It's like, nope, this was distinctly illuminating a very particular spot in the real world you know so whatever it was was separate from my own whatever visual cortex you guys know what i mean so anyway this weird yellow liquid thing was probably uh yeah in topic what you said earlier that's what it felt like at least i don't think it was actually in front of me it kind of like um flies away from me up into the sky which is weird this is so hard to describe because again it's like entheogenic uh Hallucinations, almost like I've done mushrooms a couple times, and it kind of looked like that a little bit. Definitely not the same thing, but I'll say that there are some similarities. Something was stimulating my visual cortex, is my point. So that happens. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Why am I like hallucinating right now? And maybe it's like the sensory deprivation. I know that's the thing, but this was like it it very intense. You know, as if I took like a lot of mushrooms, which I had not. I'll make it very clear. So, yeah, I'm having these weird visual phenomena happen that, like, strange data download of, like, we need you to pass this trial. Please don't freak out. They definitely did not say that you are safe. You know, I would have appreciated that, honestly. But maybe that was part of it. Maybe maybe they wanted to freak me out hmm. is what I kind of think now. Mm-hmm. So after that happened, this is possibly the strangest part. Whatever these things were, they walked up to my tent about, I want to say 15 feet away on either side. So this is why I say that there were maybe multiple of them because there were at least two, I think, you know, obviously I don't know, but I didn't see any, any, I didn't see anything, but they walk up to my tent on either side, equidistant. So like they're standing, like it's measured or something. That's the feeling I got. And they start to talk, literally verbalize, like, and it's it's like this caveman spe- like grunting, and you know when i when I go back and I listen to the Sierra sounds and, and you know you hear that like mumbly, grumbly sound uh, that they make, and it's like it's not exactly the same, but it sounded very, very similar. Wow and it was it was it sounded female, and it sounded female, and it sounded old, and they were talking over me, and i obviously I didn't know what they are saying because it's like it didn't sound human, it sounded like goblins or like monsters or cavemen you know, it's very deep, very, yeah, old and female, you know, I, I have nightmares about that, you know, cause that was, it was so weird. It was so strange to hear that, you know, like, I think that, um, the mind speak is one thing. The whooping is, an, is another thing, but to hear them like verbalize and appear to be Either talking about me or talking to me, or I don't know. I think they're talking to each other about me.
1: They're on either uh, side of of your tent yeah, at this point. Yeah, uh,
5: on the open ends too. So oh, like,
1: wow, yeah, that's, yeah.
5: Wow. So at the, I should have said this earlier. At the um, head of my tent, and at the feet of my tent, that's, about like 50 feet away. Wow. Yeah, dude. Wow. Okay, so that was happening, and I passed out. You know, I, I don't know how that was possible.:
1: Oh, yeah, no. This is an ongoing drumbeat with paranormal encounters in general that has happened to me, okay. and it's happened to so many people I've interviewed. I don't understand it.
5: I'm telling you, I have an extremely hard time going to sleep in general,, mm-hmm. especially after this encounter, but ever since I was a kid too. but like
1: how being in that situation could yeah. anyone comfortably fall asleep? Exactly, so. and what I've gotten sort of where
2: I've sort of Goldilocks my way to at this point is that mm-hmm. you know it's it's like they're saying yeah we can get yeah. to you in yeah. in waking life, but it's a lot easier if we just sort of put you to sleep and we can interact
5: that way. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'll tell you about the dreams that I started to have after this too, because it's like I started to have these like lucid dreams that felt more real than real almost immediately after this encounter with hairy beings you know like wow. hairy hairy people that would like run at me and then i'd wake up and i'd be all sweaty and terrified wow um, yeah. and i'll tell you about that in a second or later so anyway i pass out i immediately wake up and it's like probably six in the morning like dawn is just breaking like there's a tiny bit of light out maybe it's it's probably like five forty five. i think so i look at my fo- i grab my phone and i'm like okay i need to get the hell out of here and when I'm sitting in my tent looking at my phone like to see what time it is like how can I just trying to navigate or trying to remember the path out of here um I hear these little whaps on my tarp uh and it's two of them and it sounded like something was throwing something at my tent I peek my head out very tentatively because I'm still horrified uh, of my current situation and I see like little pebbles by my tent and it's like Those were definitely not in that location beforehand. You know, I'm, I'm fairly certain. So whatever this thing is, it's been throwing rocks in my tent for a little bit, you know, like this little pile of pebbles and it didn't sound like super aggressive. It was more just like, all right, time to wake up. You got to (laughs) go, you know? Um, Yeah. And it's like, I, I leave my tarp, I leave my shelter. And it's like, it costs like 30 bucks. And I felt, I felt really bad about like leaving garbage out there. You know, I went back. I'll tell you about the time I went back, but, you know, I went back and got it, and um, but yeah, I, I left it. I, I basically grabbed my backpack and 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 ran, literally ran like the the mile back to my car.
1: I don't think oh. anyone's blaming you for that right now. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you went back and got it is is noble, oh. but I don't think yeah. anybody's blaming you for getting out Dude, of there at this point. Oh, I've
5: been I've been back like seven more times, and each time like something extremely strange has happened. But um, I'll get to that in a second. I forgot something. So when I woke up, I woke up to not only the rocks being thrown on my tent, but also what sounded like a tree exploding.
4: Mm, Yeah.
5: Like, like it literally, like my first thought was like, huh, someone put like a, a CO2 canister in the trunk of a dead tree and then like detonated it, you know, blew it. That's what it sounded like, like a tree exploding from the inside. (laughs) And obviously I didn't see anything like that, but that's what it sounded like. I run back to my car, I drive home. I'm like, again, in a state of like shock and trauma. Basically, I get home. I tell my roommate, and I'm like babbling about like something happening in the woods and camping, and like he was like, "Okay, okay, like just tell me about it when you feel better or something." It's because obviously I was in a state of like I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, just trauma response or something. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I, um, I get in my bed and like it's probably like uh, two o'clock in the or th- two or three in the afternoon when I get home, and I immediately pass out again. And I have this dream, and the dream is of a – what it looks like a mask made of smoke, and, like, the eyes are really big. And it, it looks like um, Akhenaten from Egypt. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's got that, like – he's a pharaoh that has, like, a strange-shaped head and, like, big eyes. And mm-hmm. um, it looks a lot like that, but it's, like, very – it's, like, white and gray and made of smoke. And then it it sort of passes by my field of vision, then turns, looks at me, and then, like – flies at my face and then i wake up and i feel this sensation in the center of my brain of like this pop and i don't know what that was but it's just an interesting detail i think but it felt like a dream within a dream like very more real than real i tell my roommate he's like okay (laughs) and then i i just basically try to forget about this for a while until the curiosity becomes too intense for me to ignore it and i start doing research about what this possibly could be and that's how i arrived to the whole Bigfoot thing. So yeah, that's the story of the first encounter that I had. And wow. I apologize for kind of rambling and it's difficult for me to get through that one because that was the one where like, there are so many things that happened all at once. And again, yeah, it's like a whole series of events web, like you said earlier. So,
2: And, yeah. and that was the moment when uh, the toothpaste came out of the tube. <laughs> and once it comes out of the tube, it doesn't yeah. go back in the tube. Yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, you know, I, I don't want to hijack your story, but I, I've had very similar things, and luckily someone was with me. I didn't have to experience it alone, so it was way more dealable because of that, but so many of the things, like something walking around. So, so I was woken up at like 3.30 in the morning by wood knocks, like real heavy, like a baseball bat, smashing against a tree, no more than 50 yards from my tent. And I had the presence of mind to hit record because I'm always thinking of content for the podcast. Yeah, I hit record. I captured some of them. I could hear my buddy snoring, and he's in a he's in a lean to tent next to me. I had a real tent, which I'm I'll never not sleep with a real tent. I, yeah, I know it's just <laughs> a thin layer of of uh, nylon between me and whatever else is out there, but I, I need that. But anyway. I hear him snoring away, and I'm just, I'm literally shaking in my tent thinking, I, because I, I'm, you know, I, I've heard so many of these accounts. I know what this is, what's coming. And I'm just like, oh, I got to have to go through this by myself. It's going to be one of those things where I can't wake him up. Well, luckily, he woke up a little bit after I did. He goes, hey, did you hear that? And I said, yeah. But then I got up, we proceeded to hear something walking, literally making circles around our campsite for the rest of the night. That face you described, there was something really weird. I looked out in the woods and I saw this, I thought it was a reflection off the tree and I kept looking at it and it was so crazy I didn't even tell my buddy. But Mm -hmm. I I kept looking at it and it was a, it looked like a white mask on this tree. uh, What? And and I'm... I'm just looking at it again and again, and I'm like, no, it must be the re- reflection. There must be bark missing from the tree, and I'm not seeing it right. And then in the morning, I looked at it, and there's no, there was no bark missing from that tree. I was just like, what was I even looking well, at? And you
2: know that some of the earliest descriptions of his visitors that Whitley had in communion were of them Dude. in masks as well.
5: So I have that book,
2: and that cover,
5: it's not exactly the same type of head shape and eye shape, but it's very, very similar. So yeah, to it's, it's, it's evocative.
2: It really yeah. is evocative. Uh, yeah, Same yeah. Thing. I'm, I'm looking at some pictures of Akhenaten right now. So, you know, with... Yeah, yeah.
5: Did you know about all this before you had your first encounter,
1: Timothy? Or was it like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was into all okay. this stuff. So, so for uh, me... Okay. I, I, went, I feel like that would be I, even more scary, in a way. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if I, if I didn't know. Like, at least I had some kind of context for it. Oh. You, you know, I don't... It helped some, I think, sure. Right. Um, but also... Yeah, I can't imagine having been alone. Like, I was so happy my friend was was there.
5: I've ever experienced in my entire life,
1: I'm telling you. (laughs) I I thought about it, and I thought, you know, if he wasn't, I would have ran. I don't know if I would have had Although, I might have been too scared to even get out of the tent. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done if he wasn't there.
5: Yeah. Um, Thinking back, I'm like, I'm kind of proud of myself that I didn't, like, you know, lose bodily functions or, you know, um, pee myself or uh, start crying or something like that. I was very... Very ready to make it painful for whatever tried to kill me
4: that mm-hmm. night. Yeah.
5: yeah, yeah. So I think that was part of it. You know, I did not. Um, you know, I told you that they mentioned, for lack of a better word, that this was some kind of trial.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: I think that was part of it. You know, um, keeping composure under threat of uh, almost certain death by something incredibly horrifying and uh, unknown, you
1: know? And, oh, the, speaking of dream, we both had dreams in place that night before we were woken up by the wood knocks. I uh-huh. had a dream of small hairy creatures. They were little things uh, that were cr- crawling all over my tent. They were, they were white hairy things with bird heads of all things. But, and then he had a dream of small hairy things that were like brown or black or whatever that ran us out of the campsite. We both had these dreams separate from each other right before see? we were woken up by these wood knocks.
5: Okay. So uh- I just re- remembered something. <laughs> oh my God. so
1: okay, so the
5: after effects of whatever this phenomena is, the days after this happened, I would wake up and I would see for a split second the shadow or like the figure of two little hairy covered like black entities, and wow. then like I would, I would look at them for a solid a second and a half, and then they would just like just vanish, you know, wow. so I got I gotta look at them. You know, but they, I don't know, like something about maybe like the waking, you know, like the dream state or like the, uh, your brain, uh, waves shifting when you wake up or something like that. Maybe, I don't know,
1: something. I, you, Josh said something very similar to, to something I've been saying recently before and, and, uh, my take on it, it has lately I've begun to feel that dreams are such an important part of this mm-hmm. that if they can't reach you in waking life, they will reach you in dreams.
5: Yes. So. After this event, I've been having these like hairy man dreams consistently. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're so separate from like my regular dreams um, that it's it's so clear to me that it's like, I mean, it's obviously related, but there's just something so distinct and very like hyper real about whatever these dreams are are different, is my, my whole point. That's,
1: I, again, I've tried to explain that to people. And you're using a term that, that I've used, it's like more real than when you're awake. Yeah, yes. And it's so hard to explain to people.
2: I was gonna say that's I mean, that's and that's something you hear time and time again in these contact modalities is that it's realer than real. You hear that in the NDE stuff, you hear that in uh, you know, certain alien abduction reports, you hear it time and again that mm-hmm. it's realer than real. So if the dream extends into that sort of realm, then it you know, I mean, the one bit of dream contact that I think I've had with something was the same way. It was like this. Normally, you know, there are these discontinuities that I have in dreams, where it's like I'm on a submarine, and then all of a sudden I turn around and I'm in a cafeteria, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like this was like, no, I was in my house, and I walked downstairs, and I came back up. Like it was, it was it had this extreme sort of continuity to it. Yeah. So yeah.
5: So oftentimes I'll have those dreams, and they feel like they're they're like memories of a uh, someone who's not, or yeah, just like someone else you know, I feel like I'm reliving possibly another human beings memories of an encounter with whatever these things are or something. That's just my, my feeling about it. They're never like transitory. You know, they're always like, I stay in one place, usually like in my house or like my childhood home or things like, you know, places like that. And then like a little hairy person will peek out from behind a tree. And I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but that's what happened the second time I went um, to the woods. But I'll, I'll, I had a dream where like a little hairy dude was peeking out behind a tree and then it'll like come out and then like rush me, like run straight at me and then I'll wake up.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, and and since we're sort of between stories, I I just, for anybody who's listening, um, there are a ton of stories out of this area, both of Bigfoot, but just, just the supernatural in general and out of place animals. You had had alluded to Puma sounds like there've been rumors of mountain lions there for years. They found an alligator there at one point, which is not part of its natural range. But what I find really interesting, and I'm not really entirely sure why I find this interesting, but I heard at one point, and I haven't really verified this, I haven't really looked too hard, but I haven't really verified this, Mm -hmm. that the Uwari Forest was clear-cut at one point. So it was entirely just barren of trees, and all all that's new growth since then, since whenever that was, uh, a couple hundred years ago or whatever.
5: I knew Um, um, this was one of the first locations that uh, Americans mined gold, when they first colonized the eastern united states (laughs) there you go tim yeah there you Um, go
1: they also i oh
5: i also forgot again there are just so many details that i want to get to without sounding too manic i guess but um there was also a huge huge deposits of quartz that i noticed Mm -hmm. while walking to this location and during the day and i also thought like huh that's kind of odd i've never seen that much like quartz or granite before
2: (laughs) Well, and, and that's that's important for a number of reasons. Um, you know, you've got the – on the one end, you've got the sort of New Age idea that certain stones and crystals and gems can hold energies. But on the other end of the end of the spectrum, you've got ideas about piezoelectric patterns that might interact with human consciousness and sort of the work of Paul Devereaux and Michael Persinger about tectonic stress theory, the idea that's – I'm not sure if the URIs are on a fault line. I might have to look. But there are earthquakes from time to time in North Carolina, so I wouldn't doubt it. Tectonic stress theory. I've never heard of that. The idea is that Earth energies, people see anomalous lights in the mm-hmm. wake of, either before or after earthquakes. Uh, yeah, and, like, yeah, so it's the idea that there's not only Earth lights being released, but that also happens in conjunction with some electromagnetic stress that's released by the, the minerals that are actually interacting with human consciousness as well. There's definitely
5: some electrical magnetic phenomena in that location for sure, 100%. Oh, but also wanted to, when you're mentioning that like, there are so many accounts of, like, you know, anomalous events in this area. Uh, again, like, it is it is just so, so bizarre to me that I knew nothing about this location before this happened, you know? Like, literally, I, like, um, I Googled, like, wilderness areas uh, in North Carolina, and this was the closest one to me. So <laughs> I, like, looked at the Wikipedia page, and it's like, oh, like, Special Forces train here for Operation Robin Sage. I was like, huh that's cool, I guess I'll go here. And that was the extent of my research into this area before <laughs> the whole thing happened, so. Wow. Yeah.
1: So you're processing this in your day to day, or are you trying to forget it?
5: I'll say it was very difficult for me to go to sleep after this happened,
4: mm-hmm.
5: for the first like month or so. Like thinking back to that time, that was, uh, I don't wanna say it was rough necessarily, but it was definitely, I don't know, very interesting. So when I got home, I felt like my body was different. I felt I went down to my bedroom and I could like sense the energy and the energy was like very, very bad because I was in a a very negative frame of mind at that point in my life. I was like still very upset about a breakup that I had like a year before. Like it was very hard for me to get over that um, because it ended very traumatically. Okay, that's weird because that kind of reminded me of something. I forgot to mention this. Okay, so, again, I apologize for bounding all over the place in in the timeline, but um, the morning before I left, I saw a shadow figure in my uh, stairwell.
4: Whoa.
5: Yes, and I I had never seen anything like that before, you know? It it was just like this uh, head and shoulders and torso, and I didn't see the legs because I only saw it for a a split second, but I assumed that, that they were there, but just the shadow of a human or humanoid. And it was out of the left corner of my eye, and I looked at it for a second. And again, like, I got a good look at it for, like, a second or a split second, and it just sort of vanished into the wall or, like, just disappeared into the air, basically. Hmm. And I did not think about it. I forgot about it, you know, until all of this happened and I started to, like, put the pieces together, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that memory came back to me. As soon as I got back to that, I, I, like, walked down the stairs, and I started to feel, like, this very intense depression energy is what i call it or what i called it and it's like i remembered like wait a minute i saw like a weird i saw like a weird shadow figure in that spot i wonder what that was
1: so i that mean, was right. the the day before you left or the day that you left to go that camping the, the same same day
5: the morning yeah wow wow yes yes so strange
1: There's more with Alex. We will be having a second episode with Alex for everyone. That'll be next week's show where we get into more of the strangeness and also his return trips. And on his return trips, he sees some pretty strange stuff in the same location. I wanted to give Josh a chance to promote some things he's got coming up this summer. He's got His new books are coming out very soon. And he's got a lot of appearances this summer. So I recorded this little segment so Josh can mention everywhere he's going to be. You might hear this same segment on the next episode because we recorded both parts of the interview at once. So, Josh, you have some appearances coming up?
2: I do. It looks like conferences are uh, back in rotation. So I'm actually doing three in the latter half of the summer. The first one is August 5th through 7th in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. It's the Midwest Conference on the Unknown, and it is a stacked roster. I'm so happy to be a part of it. It's uh, like Micah Hanks, Ryan Sprague, Ken Gearhart, Steve Ward, a bunch of people, including Michael Huntington, who's organizing it. So it's just, it's, it's just an absolute. Awesome roster. And then there's like a long weekend at a retreat in Franklin Grove, Illinois, August 11th through 14th at the uh, Worldwide Metaphysical Tribe is what it's called. And I'll be doing a Where the Footprints End talk there. And uh, we're also going to be calling down a UFO. So I've never been a part of that. And seeing as I'm paranormal kryptonite, I kind of wonder if (laughs) if something's going to happen with that or not. We'll see. And then uh, anyone in the Atlanta area, for the first time after years of saying, Hey, can I come? Hey, can I come? Hey, can I come? I will be at Dragon Con September 1st through September 5th in Atlanta, Georgia. So come on out to any of those. I'd love to see people.
1: Nice. Yeah, I have a ton of appearances scheduled for the end of the summer. In fact, I, I kind of overbooked myself August through... Uh, October. I should really start talking about those, but I don't have them in front of me, so we'll talk about Josh's appearances. Uh, and Josh, <laughs> boy, there's a book coming out at some point. Do you have any clue on when your book's going to drop? Your two-book-plus set. <laughs> well, depending on the way you look at
2: it, there's up to four books coming out. Um <laughs> because uh you know the fairy films collection of essays i am assured is always nigh but like the Fay folk always leaving but never gone it <laughs> seems to be always coming but never here but uh, the one that I can uh, be a little bit more, a little bit clearer with is, um, sometime I am hoping, knock on wood, in the next month we will be releasing Ecology of Souls Volume One and Volume Two. I'm absolutely thrilled with uh, how it's turned out. It's been a real labor of love with a lot of people that uh, would be familiar to listeners of Strange Familiars. Johnny Decker Miller did the art. Barbara Fisher from Six Degrees of John Keel edited it, and Mike Cleland is helping with the layout. So it takes a village to make a paranormal book, I guess. But uh, this is going to be my my mic drop for for a while. This is, this is the closest thing to Joshua's take on how it all fits together. And uh, as it turns out, all fits together through death, I think. That's where you, I am right you now. You know,
1: of the two of us, I would have thought I would have gone the death route. Yeah, I know.
2: I know. I think that I got stuck on this one idea a while back, which was the idea of the psychopomp, you know, the figure that leads people from this life into the next life. And I said, hey, can that be grafted onto the UFO phenomena? And uh, it can to ever-increasing reward. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I have never been that macabre, and I honestly, like, the stuff that I talk about in this, the stuff that I kind of accept as part of the phenomenon now is stuff that I've always avoided. I'm thinking specifically about stuff like the idea that it's an aspect of ourselves uh, reflecting back at us or the idea that these stories of past lives and alien abductions and pre-birth agreements and alien abductions that have always made me sort of curl my toes. I think that there's some meat on those bones actually now after looking at it like this Um, so it's been you know and that's sort of where I kind of like to be I like to be challenged and I like to reevaluate my stance, you know, because I think that whenever you get too set in a mindset, that's when a calcified mind is brittle, you know. So you hopefully in another six months, I'll have a different set of opinions. But for right now,
1: this is the biggie. I'm sure I'll have you back going to talk about that at the times. So.
2: Oh, I would, I would love to. I would love to. If we can fit it into one episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do several. I don't mind.
1: You're at JoshuaCutchin.com.
2: JoshuaCutchin.com. J-O-S-H-U-A-C-U-T-C-H-I-N. Just like a cut on your chin. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Tim. This is great.
1: 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy They have a relationship-based approach to training which helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other with online sources like video lessons, a secret Facebook group, and one-on-one options are available. They can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other You can find 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at SidHappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Whether it's potty training, mouthing and biting, fear and nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture, shoes, or other things your puppy shouldn't be chewing on, crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. Whatever the issues you and your puppy need help with, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can teach you what to do and also what not to do. Again, you can find them at SitHappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Uranium glass. <laughs> it's the new thing.
3: If by new you mean like pre World War II, <laughs> <laughs>
1: would they even make it anymore?
3: Nowadays? Yeah. I'm doubting it. Didn't because... they take Scotch Guard off a of kid's pajamas because it was like. <laughs>
1: So these wonderful glow-in-the-dark items we've been offering, they're not going to make them anymore. The glass, anyway. anyway. Third week in a row. But the others have been such a hit, we figured might as well go offer some more here. So we have a crazy psychedelic tea set.
3: Yeah, I think this is sort of like if Alice Little and the White Rabbit were drinking absinthe instead of tea, (laughs) (laughs) this is what they would use.
1: Cue Jefferson Airplane. (laughs) It's a set, so you get two cups and two saucers. Mm-hmm. And again, do your research. We just put them on the shelf. We don't use these to eat and drink off of.
3: My friend just told me about how her mom served some Jello out of. They made pieces for the refrigerator, mm-hmm. and she at a recent family gathering served some Jello out of it. She's like, "Mom, maybe you shouldn't do that." <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we have the strange tea set, the glowing tea set that we're offering as our curiosity of the week this week. We might put some other uranium glass up as well.
3: Yeah, I have plenty more. Yeah, just tell me what you want. Yeah, I'll list whatever you... I have everything from bases to dinnerware to just little decorative pieces. And
1: If you go to the show notes at strangefamiliars.com, you'll see an image of these glowing cups. If you click on that, it should take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase those and other curiosities of the week. While you're at Etsy, please check out our shop. It's... Lost Grave, one word. If you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up, though. We've got copies of my books there. If you get them from us on Etsy, they all come signed. My art book. We've got Monsters Under the Hospital Bed. Again, when those are gone, those are gone. We have have some left, but once they're sold out, I won't be printing any more of those. We've got my artwork. We've got originals and prints. Strange Familiars T-shirts, both the classic Awoken Tree design and... We still have a few of the High Strangeness Tour shirts. So check out our stuff. Remember, shopping in our Etsy shop helps us make the podcast as well. All goes into the same piggy bank. that helps us make content. While you're on Etsy, check out our friends at Karmic Garden. And check out Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. Do you have anything to add, Allison?
3: No, not a thing.
1: (laughs) Not a single thing?
3: Not a single thing.
1: We did restock my books at American Daydream. If you're in the south-central Pennsylvania area and you want to buy my books, you can get them at American Daydream Antiques in York.
3: It's on the old Lincoln Highway, close to the shoe house, which is a phrase you don't get to say every day.
1: While you're there, get some other cool stuff from Allison. She's got (laughs) photos and antique stuff. You got some uranium glass in there as well.
3: Yeah, I have a whole cabinet of it.
1: All right. Make sure to come back next week for part two with Alex. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Color Arts. Music, books, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com/strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. We are on Instagram at strangefamiliars one word, and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com.
4: Thank you.
6: Mother wrongs a mighty care A weary spell she's laid on her She'd be with child for many long years But this poor child she never bear And in her bower she lies in pain King Willie, at a bed head, he did stand, and down his cheeks the sun tears did run. Willie, back to his mother did run, and he's gone there as a begging son. Say, my true love, hand noble steed, the likes of which you can see on every part of this horse's name there's hanging fifty silver bells and ten there's hanging fifty bells and ten this goodly gift I'll be your own, if you'll turn back to my own true love, that she might bear my baby son. of well, this child should never like to be. Nor from sickness will she be free, but she will die and turn to clay. And you will wed with another maid. And time said this weary man, as he returned to his home again. I wish my life was at an end.
4: He will really back to his mother did run.
6: And he's gone there as a begging son. Say, but you love have this golden two stitched all around the middle On every part of this girdle's hem There's hanging fifty silver bells and ten There's hanging fifty bells and ten This goodly gift shall be your own if you'll turn back to my own true love, that she might bear my baby son, the love this child should never like to be, Nor from sickness will she eer be free, but she will die and turn to play. You will wed with another maid. And I said, this weary man, as he returned to his home again, I wish my life was at an end. noble queen She told King Willie Of a plan That she might bear their baby son She said you must get down to the marketplace And you must buy a loaf of wax And you must shape it out a baby nurse and you must make two eyes of glass invite your mother to the christening day then you must stand there close as you can be awful to hear what the witch does say The marketplace, and he did buy a loaf of wax, and he did shape it as a bacon nurse, and he did make two eyes of glass. He asked his mother to the christening day. Then he did stand there, close as he could be Awful to hear, what the winds did say Oh how she stung, and how she swore She spied a thing,
0: where none had been
6: before
0: She spied a thing,
6: where none could be before Said who was it untied the night which knotted braided among his lady's locks? And who was it to gown the combs of care braided among his lady's hair? And who was it? The master kid did slay. That rad and slept underneath her bed. That rad and slept all under her bed. And who was it and tied her left shoestring? And who was it that let her light her be? That she might bear. This little baby And it was Willie untied the night witch knots Braided among his lady's locks And it was Willie to gown the combs of care
0: Braided among his lady's hair
6: it was Willie,
4: the matter kid did slay.
6: And it was Willie, the kind of left shoe string. And it was Willie, the letter lighter be boy, and bright the blessing, maybe them upon, oh bright the blessing, maybe them upon.